God. Everybody take a deep breath. Man. The Lord has set us up today. Mm. May your kingdom come and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Even with this message, Lord, we pray. May your kingdom come and your revelation come on earth as it is in heaven, Father. Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing in this house. We thank you, God, just for your presence. We thank you, God, for your unrelenting love to pursue us, not just when we were lost, but, Lord, even pursuing us after we are saved, that, God, you continue to put the, the, your presence inside of us, drawing us to you, God. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. We just pray your blessing and your anointing upon the word of God today. May you be given glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Well, I want to wish all you fathers happy Father's Day. If you're a father in the house, praise God. Happy Father's Day. And to the you men who are not fathers yet, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. And may many, many children come into your bosom. Amen. <laughs> I pray a blessing over fathers and future fathers in Jesus' name. I know what it's like when uh, you're struggling becoming a father. And when God opens your wife's womb and blessings come, it is a good thing. Can I have an amen on that? They, I was ch talking to Clayton earlier th this morning. And I said, man, who would ever thought five or six years ago you would have been a father? And he goes, I know. And I said, it's one of the most self-crucifying a punishment thing in you where you begin to die to self and you begin to die to what you want and you desire and you begin pouring it into the children and you begin to get that revelation of how much the father loves you anybody want to say amen on that dads fatherhood is amazing and it teaches you more about god than you'll ever know and so i pray blessings over you fathers and even today after the end of the the message we're getting going to have a baby dedication where uh, Chad and Sarah Cooper dedicate their daughter, Nora, and uh, Joel and uh, Michaela Haler are going to dedicate their son, Abner. And I realize that many of you may have commitments with fathers and maybe not be able to stay, but what we'll do is I close the service today. We'll take a few minutes to, to switch gears, but we're going to do a dedication of children because children are a heritage and a blessing of the Lord. Amen? And so if you can stay for that. We would love for you to, but we understand if you can't. So, but we're going to get in the Word today. Uh, the Word is a lamp to my feet; it's a light to my path. Amen. And uh, even this morning, uh, the Lord was continuing to just download more and more in my heart of His heart for us today. And I just pray that as I get into the Word today, you'll be blessed and uh, you'll be encouraged and empowered to believe God for more and to be, be see what see what He's doing. And so many times we become so self-conscious, we're always focused on ourselves. But I believe God wants to give us a new revelation today of his presence. So I'm looking forward to it. But as you guys know, and many of you online, as you're watching, it may be your first time. But we're on a series right now about discipleship. And it's been a really neat series. It's been a thing where the church as a whole, we are renewing our commitment to discipleship we're renewing our commitment to raising up radical passionate aggressive lovers of god and so we've been on this series and this this uh this teaching topic and i pray you're not bored with it because we're just getting started in really getting a uh, uh, the lord doing a work in our hearts of what he's wanting us to do in obeying him but the scripture that we have uh, been focusing on 
And last week, or the week before, our memory verse was this out of Matthew 28, 19 through 20. And let us just all read this together, if we will, okay? Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Amen. And as a church, we're this making disciples, as we've got it underlined. Right now, we are focusing on discipling our own children within our homes. And uh, for those who are not, uh, do not have children at home, but you're either single, unmarried, or you're senior saints, whatever it is, um, we are in this process of, of discipling even people within the church or young ones within the church. And I just want to encourage you, if you do not have children, I want to encourage you to pour into the next generation of making disciples. Can I have an amen on that? We have young ones, we have junior hires, we have high schoolers, we have young adults who are longing to be discipled, taught how to obey the word of the Lord, how to obey God's commands. And I'm going to talk about that today because we're all in this process of obeying the Lord. We're all in this process of making disciples. And this word here says, everything I have commanded you. And so we're going to talk about that today because even in our memory verse that we had this week, uh, it talks about commandments. It talks about what we're to be doing. And so does anybody know what our memory verse was this week by chance? Say it out loud if you know the memory verse. Not, not the, not, don't say this, just say where it's located. 1 Timothy 4, 7 through 8. I'll help you out. 1 Timothy 4, 7 through 8 is the memory verse we're all memorizing this week. And hopefully you'll go over that in your uh, discipleship group this week and as your family gets together. But let's even read this one together as a family. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the, what? Life to come. Everybody say, train yourself to be godly. That is what discipleship's all about. We are training our children to be godly. We're training ourselves to be godly. That's what discipleship's all about. That's why we're memorizing these scriptures. We are going to hide the word of God in our hearts that we might not sin against him. And so, parents, I want to encourage you. I know we've been talking about this week after week, but I want to encourage you, press into this thing of discipling your children just like the children are going to be dedicated, they're just beginning, those parents are just beginning that process of discipleship with their children. But that's what this is. We are training ourselves to be godly. And so that was the scripture that we read this week. And as I began to meditate on that scripture, and I, we, we also read 1 John uh, chapters 4 and 5 this week, and just a lot in there that talking about what it is to be godly. But I, I found this week it, being, it was very interesting when I looked on dictionary.com on the word godly. What do you guys think dictionary.com might say about what godliness is? Here's what it says. The quality of, or practice of conforming your life to the commands of God. 
being devout in moral uprightness, reflecting the nature of the kingdom of God in the course of everyday life. Everyone, let's read it together. The quality or practice of conforming my life to the commands of God, being devout in moral uprightness, reflecting the nature of the kingdom of God in the course of everyday life. Is that not an awesome definition of godly? And that we are to train ourselves and to practice conforming our lives to the commands of God. I am practicing. Anybody else practicing out there? (laughs) Oh, let me ask you a question, okay? Do you practice conforming your life to the commands of God? Do you obey His commands? Try. Would you say your life reflects the nature of the kingdom of God in the everyday course of your life, just like this says, at work? When we had the, when we had the word of knowledge earlier, and it said, what was the word of knowledge earlier? Huh? Pain in the neck. I was like, are you talking about the husband or wife? Do we conform our lives to the image of God and his commands in our spouse, in our relationships, in our marriage, at work, at school, in the grocery, Facebook? We're practicing conforming our lives to the commands of God. We are, as she said, we are in process. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because we have submitted to the process of yielding our lives, our conduct, everything that we do. We're yielding it to conforming to the commands of the Lord. And so we're learning daily what those commands are. We're learning as we read that we are, just like we read in uh, 1 Timothy 4, 7, and 8, that I am to train myself in godliness and it is a process yes so when god commands you to make disciples then it is my responsibility to allow the word of god to inform me of who i'm to be and what i'm to do and then i begin to move towards that command right so if the word of god commands me to to meditate on his word both day and night then the word of God, it confronts me on where I'm at and I begin to conform and I begin to practice and bring my life into submission to that command of the Lord. But many in the body of Christ think it is an option or that the grace of God is enough to cover all that And yes, the grace of God is enough. Amen. It is amazing grace, and we do not deserve. And the songs we sang really set us up for all this. But there is still this thing that you and I are practicing, conforming our lives to the image and the beauty of our God, the beauty of our Creator. He is so good, He is so magnificent, and He deserves it all. Can I have an amen? And so when the Word says, 
flee sexual immorality. I am confronted by that word. When it says don't gossip, I'm confronted by that command. When it says to do certain things, if, it, if the word of God comes to me and says, Eric, I want you to be a minister of the gospel, I say, what are you talking about? And we, we, we begin to practice and conform our life to what he's saying to us. Aren't you glad he's speaking to us? Aren't you glad the Holy Spirit was moving this morning and you could feel the presence of God drawing all of our hearts closer to him? As he tenderized our hearts in worship, the very seed of God inside of us began to leap. It began to be joyful. It began to be transformed even in the, as we were worshiping God together. But the word conform, practicing to conform our life to the commands of God, the word conform means to behave, to be, to behave in a group with group standards or expectations. To conform your life to a group standards or expectations. And I'm saying that we're not conforming to the expectations and standards of New Covenant. We're, we are conforming to the standards and expectations of God. Amen? Because we know many churches... They can get off on tangents, right? And it's not even conforming to the Word of God. It's conforming to tradition. But this is what discipleship is, church. Learning how to obey God in all that He has commanded us. Training ourselves to be godly. Conforming our lives to Him. So that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about conforming our lives to to the commands of God today. Because in our verse, the, the verses that we read this week, they had a lot to say about, in, in 1 John 4 and 5, about obeying the commands of God. I'm, I'm going to give us some stuff to, to look at today in the Word of God that I believe will help us and really secure our faith in what God is commanding us to do and to be. Are you guys cool with that? Yeah. But I first want to give you a story. You guys like stories? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put our family on display, and, and just so uh, everyone knows, we've already discussed with my family member that this is okay, and they're going to get thrown under the bus, and so it's good, and, and they said it was good, and it's great. It's a great example of training in godliness in our family years ago, because I want you to know that the Haler family is still in process too, that there are none of us in this Haler family that are perfect. Don't say that too loud. Come on now. <laughs> so years ago, I'm going to share, share I, wish, I wish Caleb Davis, is he here by chance? He was a part of this memory. So years ago, my, did anybody know my son Joel? Yep. He's the one on display today. We're going to show, we're going to see some of his imperfections. So years ago when Joel played basketball, I think it was his junior year, we, uh, parents were allowed to come to practice. And if you guys are any familiar with the Newcastle gym, we were, they weren't in the field house. They were in the North gym, which is, used to be called the girls' gym. And so Coach Bennett would let the parents come in, and we'd sit on the side. And sometimes in between appointments, I'd have a half hour, 45 minutes, and I would just slip in there and go watch practice for a little bit and take off. And as soon as I walked up into the North gym, they were doing a drill, and Joel, Joel was doing the drill. And... I walk in the door, and Joel's back's to me. He goes, ah, <laughs> four-letter word. I won't say it. And Caleb Davis goes, 
Joel's still doing the drill. <laughs> now, we know the scripture says, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Joel turns around and gets a little white. <laughs> His life is on full display. And I was like, oh, wow. I didn't say anything, sat and watched the, the, the practice, went home. Things were tense when Joel walked in the door. <laughs> they were tense for him. They weren't tense for me. Although I had had plenty of time to pray and say, oh, God, how do you want me to train my son in godliness right now? How do I help him realize that the world is sucking him dry as he's in the environment in practice of that environment day in, day out, day in, day out? And the Bible says in Romans 12, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might know what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Oh God, how do you want me to help him? And so Joel comes home and he approaches me first. And uh, I can't remember all the details. I asked him all the details and he shared some that I didn't remember. And it was good. And I said, do you remember that, Joel? He said, oh, I remember that very, very well. And I said, what'd you learn? He said, I was amazed how you weren't mad and you weren't angry. I could tell you were disappointed, but he said, you loved me. And I came to you and I apologized that I disappointed you. And I said, well, what did that do to produce godliness in you? And he said, well, Dad, he said, it probably took a month or two, but he said, within a couple months, I had quit cussing completely. And I had thrown that out, and I was like, I'm, I'm not doing that anymore because I desired to please you, and I desired to represent you better than that. And I said, well, that's good. Do you ever stub your toe and still want to say that word? <laughs> no. <laughs> Because we all, we all struggle, you know, with these things. And so, in 1 John 5, as we were getting in the scripture this week, and as I was praying on what God would have me teach on, that was the example that God kept stirring in my heart. And I asked my wife, what about you, what do you think? And she goes, I think that's a good example. Because my kids have fallen short, just like your kids have fallen short. I've fallen short just like you've fallen short at obeying the commands of God. It's so easy to point the finger and get disappointed with people. But I thank God for his presence. And I thank God that as he's calling us to obey the commands of God, I believe he wants to give us some wisdom today in how we get there in practicing and conforming our lives to the, com to the commands of God. And so this was the passage that we were to read this week. Many of you are doing a hero journal on this this week, maybe for chapter 4 or chapter 5. But I felt like the Lord wanted me to break this down for us and use Joel's example as well as we move into this thing of practicing the commands of God and putting them and applying them to our lives. So 
we will read this uh, here out of 1 John. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Take a deep breath on that. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God. By loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God. To keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the son of the living God. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. May God add his blessing to the reading of that word. Mm. So John's showing us something in these verses through 1 through 5. John is showing us something, and he is showing a correlation about how our faith in Jesus Christ when we accept Christ, when we say yes to him, when we believe in Christ and we become born again, that there's, there's a correlation between our faith and our love for God and our love for others and our ability to obey the commands of God. That something happens inside of us when we come to faith that all four of those things are interrelated and they all begin to happen. That my faith in Christ, saying yes to him, him coming into my heart, it is related to how I love God, it is related to how I love others, and it is related to how I overcome the world and get sin out of my life. And so God wants to give us a, a little light into our hearts today about how all those are tied together and how we can live victorious lives in Christ. Does anybody want to live victorious lives in Christ? I do too. I do too. So, John tells us in previous chapters, if you've been reading 1 John, he tells us in previous chapters that when we know, when we are born of God, there is a seed of God that has been placed inside of us. And that seed leads us into loving God, into loving others, and to obeying. And so the whole chapter, he's talking, matter of fact, back in chapter two, he said, you can't hate your brother and sister in Christ. If you hate your brother and sister in Christ, the love of God is not in you. And so he builds this whole thing in 1 John about what it looks like for, who are, for those who are truly Christians, those who are truly born again. He lays this out over the 1 John, and he begins to show us that these are the things that will follow those who love God. Because you cannot have faith in God and not have love for God. You can't have faith in God and not have love for people. You can't have faith in God and overcome the world. You can't, you, you, you gotta have, if you have faith in God and you're born again, you will love God. You will love others and you will obey him and you will overcome the world. Can anybody say amen on that? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to dive into that. Even Jesus said, us, said that to us in Matthew 22. As one of the guys came up to him and said, Hey, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? 
And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus himself is saying the same thing that John is doing in 1 John 5. Jesus is saying the same thing he said. He says, if you love God and you have Christ inside your heart, you will love God, but you will also love others. You can't have one without the other. Everybody say that. I can't have one without the other. They're correlated. They are tied together. So faith in Christ, where I really want to go today and really want to spend some time is that when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, and, and, and I don't know about you, <laughs> you should know the day that took place. You should know the day when you said yes to Jesus. I'll never forget, I was at a church camp and I was convicted of sin. The Spirit of God was coming after me. He was chasing me. He was on my tail. He was knocking on my door. He was saying, I want you, I want you, I want you. And I was fighting it. But I'm telling you, when the man gave the call to the altar, I'm telling you, man, there was nothing going to happen but go to that altar. I knew I needed Jesus, and I believed that he was the Son of God, and I came to faith in Jesus that day. Can you remember the day you came to faith? in Christ you know when it happens <laughs> and when that seed happens to you and Jesus comes in the seed of Christ comes on the inside he is not on the outside any longer he is on the inside somebody say amen on that and that seed that seed of Jesus Christ inside of me, it produces something. It can't not produce something. It has to produce something. Because it's a seed. Mm, I'm going to get excited today. But the thing that we must do is once the seed is in me, I must feed the seed. And if you're taking notes, you can probably go ahead and write that down. Feed the seed. That is the title of my message today. Feed the seed. Everybody say that with me. Feed the seed. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. And so I heard, I heard faith calling my name. I heard Jesus calling my name. And that preaching and declaring of the word, I began to move towards that seed and say yes to him. <laughs> He's a beautiful seed, by the way. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. As you feed the seed that's planted in you, love begins to spring up inside of you. Love for God, love for others, love for his word, love for obeying. Lots of stuff begins to, to stir inside your heart. And that is what John is saying in this passage in 1 John that we've just read. It's basically what Jesus is saying too. But guess what else springs forward as you feed the seed and that love for God grows and that seed of Christ planted inside of you, it begins to compel you to obey the commands of God. It begins to compel you to obey the commands of God. 
Now, what I want to do, I want to go to 1 John 3, 9, and this would be a great passage for you to memorize as well. I'm not going to add that to you, but I'm going to read verse 3 before we do that. In 1 John 5, 3, it says, in fact, this is love for God to keep his commandments. So we realize that obeying God and keeping his commandments is tied to our love for God. But in 1 John 3, 9, it goes even further, and we're going to go get into this issue of the seed. I want you to read this with me, too. We've got to get the word of God in us. No one, go on, read with me. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. Let's read it again. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. Say, that's me. That's me. Say, that's me. that's me. You see, in this passage, this passage used to eat me up. I'm telling you what, it used to condemn me, it used to convict me, because I had a wrong perspective of what this passage was saying. And if this, if this passage eats you up, I've got good news for you today. I'm praying after today, this passage doesn't eat you up, but it compels your faith to do something. So, I saw this passage as I must not be a lover of God because I'm continuing to sin. Anybody else felt that way? Yep. I saw it as, Eric, there's something completely wrong with you. You must not be born of God because, buddy, you keep sinning. Now, that's not very encouraging, is it? Not at all. But this, this scripture is not... That is not what this scripture is saying. This scripture is a scripture and a statement of faith. Everybody say faith. This is a faith statement. Everybody say faith statement. This is a faith statement. If you're struggling with sin and obedience to God, I'm telling you, you need this deeply rooted inside your heart because this scripture is actually good news. This scripture is actually saying no one who is born of God continues to sin. That's right. You know why? Because the seed of God has been planted inside of you. And that seed is going to produce something in you. And it is going to cause you to flee the life of sin. And it's going to cause you to move towards the obedience of Christ. Amen. That there has been placed something much bigger inside of you than the power of your flesh. There is something that's been put in you. There has been a seed. That Greek word seed, there is sperma of God. There has been a sperma of God put in you. The very seed of righteousness has been placed inside of you. Oh, don't freak out on the word sperm. <laughs> Dear God, it's a, a mighty righteous seed. The very DNA of Jesus Christ has been implanted in me. That is shouting grounds. That seed is in me. It's a statement of faith. I will not continue to sin because I have the seed of the righteous king of glory inside of me. And God promises me because that seed is in me and because I'm born again that sin will not continue to master me. Glory to God. Somebody say hallelujah. I say hallelujah. 
That seed has been put inside of me. And it's inside of you if you're born again today. Now, you have to determine, am I born again? You have to determine, yes, have I made Jesus Christ the Lord of my life? Have I been compelled by the Spirit of God? Because the Bible says, no man comes to the Father lest the Spirit of God draweth him. And so you cannot come to God on your own. You cannot come to God on your own terms. You can't say, oh, next week I'll do it. I can't say next month or when I get older, when I have enough sin through my life and I've passed on through that stuff and I get all the good days and the glory days out, then I'll get right with God. It don't happen that way, my friend. Chap, it doesn't happen that way. No, you can't come to God on your terms. The Spirit of God pursues you. And he's pursuing some of you in this place, and, and you, you are resisting him. And some of you are maybe passive and dead and like lifeless. But the Spirit of God is pursuing us. He is pursuing us. We talked about his relentless love this morning. And how faithful he has been that everything that we've went through, how faithful God has been to pursue us. He'll leave the 99 to pursue the lost. And then he comes and he pursues me. Even after salvation, it's not just prior to salvation. He's pursuing you after salvation. He's relentless with his love. When I'm in sin, he is knocking on my door all the time. You can run, but you can't hide. If I get stuck in sin, he does something to get my attention. Because it's the seed. Everybody say the seed. The seed of Christ that's in me will not quit laying hold of me. That's good news. That is a statement of faith. So no one who is born of God, say I'm born of God, will continue to sin. Because God's seed remains in them. That's why you won't continue to sin. Not because you're good. Not because you quit cussing when you were a junior in high school. They can't keep on sinning. Because they've been born of God. I keep, keep sinning because I'm born of God. I can't keep sinning because I'm born of God. I can't keep sinning because I'm born of God. I can't keep sinning because I'm born of God. A seed of righteousness has been placed inside of Eric Taylor that's not his own. And I'm being conformed to the image of my creator. I'm being conformed to the glory of my God. I'm submitting my seed. I'm submitting and I'm feeding my seed. I'm feeding my seed. I'm feeding that seed so that that seed of Christ in me begins to overtake me rather than the seed of my flesh. Rather than the seed of my flesh that wants its way. (laughs) Oh, flesh, you don't win because I've been born again. Oh, flesh, you don't win because I've been born again. Sorry for those who are listening. Oh God, I thank you for the seed of Christ that's been placed in me. I thank you for the sperm of God, the seed of God that has been placed in us. I thank you, God, that we're born again of an incorruptible seed. What? An incorruptible seed? 
an incorruptible seed. Let that sink in for just a few minutes of your heart. Say, I'm born again. I have the seed of Christ inside of me. And I can't keep on sinning because I've been born again. Thank you, Father. Thank you for dealing with my heart. And so I can say, friends, I can say God continues to work on my heart and your heart as we stray from the path. And we've all strayed from the path. Hello? We've all missed the mark, but the, by the glory of God, the righteous may fall. What's he do? He gets up. <laughs> he gets up. God does it. God produces that love in you because of the seed. God produces that love for your brothers and sisters in Christ even though if they habitually sin and you see their habitual sin, and you know what? Love compels you to love them right where they're at because you know the same seed that's been put in you has been put in them, and that seed will not let them stay in their sin. <laughs> and so you don't have to go and say, because it's not a sin that's leading to death necessarily. Don't, I mean, God, he says pray about that if it leads to death. But if it doesn't lead to death, though, you just know Holy Ghost is going to get a hold of them. Now, God may use you, and he may say, knock, 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 knock three times on the ceiling if you want me. <laughs> Twice on the rock. <laughs> oh, the Spirit of God may use you to confront your brother or sister. Sure. The Bible has all kinds of say, things to say about that. But when you know that the seed of God is inside of you, and you've seen how the Spirit of God has dealt with you on your sin issues, and how patient and loving and long-suffering he is. Well, that love compels you to love your brother when he's in habitual sin or if he's not fulfilling his Christian duty and responsibility. Do we believe in the seed? Do we believe in the righteous seed that's been put inside of us? It will produce. The Bible promises a good seed that is planted in the good soil will produce a harvest. And not just of one or two seeds, but of many seeds. Right? But we've got to get back to discipleship. I know we've been talking about this. Discipleship is the issue of feeding your seed. Discipleship is all about feeding my seed. The seed of righteousness is already there, but I've got to feed it. And what we do is we get so busy in our life that we push out the word of God, we push out worship, we push out going to church, we push out fellowship, we push out prayer, we push out all the things that feed our seed. Because we get so busy. Anybody else had that problem in their life? But love compels me. Christ in you is the hope of glory. And that seed 
of Christ has been planted in me. That DNA of righteousness has been put in me. And it will produce something he wants it to produce. You know that song we sing? I've got a river of living water, a fountain that never will run dry. I'm stirring up deep, deep wells. I'm stirring up deep, deep waters. I've got to jump in the river. I've got to feed the seed that's inside of me, the river of life that flows inside of me. I've got to feed the seed of the Word of God. And that seed produces something. If I go back to Joel's situation, his love for me compelled him to leave the cussing world and uh, many other things because he had a deep love and desire to please me, a deep love in his heart for his dad. And that love compelled him to do something. That's where we're at, church. God is, he is compelling us to obey him in this discipleship thing. He's drawing us into it so that we'll feed our sheep. (laughs) Feed our sheep. Feed our seed. Let's look at another passage that will encourage us. Back to 1 John 5, 5. John tells us at the very end of what we've shown you earlier, who is it then that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only us. Only us who believe that Jesus is the Son of the living God. That's another statement of faith. That's another statement of faith. The Word tells us we will overcome the world. We will overcome the strongholds of our life. We will overcome. We will press into the will of God. Those scriptures should not bring condemnation. They actually should do the very opposite, and they should stir our faith. They should stir our faith, saying that, yes, I will overcome the world. If you're in the middle of a struggle, say, yes, I will overcome the world. I will, because I believe that Jesus is the Son of the living God. And that righteous seed, I'm going to wear that righteous seed out right now. I am going to wear it out. It is the seed of righteousness that's been put inside of you. So we have good news, church. For us in this house, and for us who believe, those who are called by his name, those who have given Christ Jesus their life, we have good news. If we're struggling, obeying God's commands, guess what? We have victory. You will overcome them. And and you will overcome the world because you belong to the living God. Faith will finish its work in you. He will, that which he began in you, he will see to completion. Does that encourage anyone? Faith will accomplish love towards God. It will accomplish love towards each other. And it will accomplish love and desire for you to obey the Lord. That's just who it is. That's just the seed that's been put in you. You will win because the seed of God is inside of you. And that is really good news. You guys are quiet, but that's really good news. God's placed that seed of faith inside of you, and we're going to feed the seed through discipleship.
So greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Isn't that what the word, word of God says? Greater is he, the seed, in us than he that is in the world. Greater is he, the seed, in us than he that is in the world. The seed that is in the world is not greater than the seed that's been planted inside of you. See, I think we believe we can't overcome sin because we think the world's stronger than the seed of God. We don't believe that the sacrifice that Jesus made was enough to conquer death, hell, and sin on our, life, on our behalf. Where are you at? Do you believe that it was enough? Do you believe that the seed of Christ in you is enough? Say amen. It is. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And we must have faith in the seed of Christ that's been placed inside of us. Feeding this righteous seed will cause you to overcome the world and to obey his commands. And this is what John is telling us in 1 John 5 as we read it this week. That is what John is saying in this passage 1 through 5. He is saying the same thing that Jesus did in Matthew Matthew, he is saying that we will overcome the world because of the seed of Christ inside of us. That seed will. There is a correlation between your faith, your love for God, your love for others, and you obeying the word of God because it's been put in you. It can't not produce. So where does that place us today? Where does that place us today if we're in this place where we're struggling with sin in our life? We have got to feed the seed of righteousness that's been placed inside of us. We have got to do the very thing that we've been talking about for several months. We have got to engage in discipleship and feed our seed for ourselves. We've got to, dis we've got to engage in discipling our children and feeding the seed. How many want to raise up righteous children who are passionate for Jesus Christ? That they literally allow the, the conviction of the Spirit of God to drive the stuff out of their life rather than you hounding them. Rather than you trying to OCD them. Or helicopter them. I didn't have to go to Joel. He came to me. I didn't have to tell him what he was doing wrong. The seed of righteousness when he made that confession of faith when he was six years old when he got water baptized and went in the water and said i belong to jesus that seed convicted him it wasn't just dad on the sideline oh dad helped caleb did too <laughs> always ask the lord lord Keep the leash on my children short. Holy Spirit, convict them quickly. And I was praying a foolish prayer because he already does it. He already does it. He is so faithful because the seed that's planted in our children and the seed that's put inside of us, you can run, but you cannot hide from the Spirit of God. He is so good about pursuing us when we're foolish. He's so beautiful about convicting us when we get off track. I'm so thankful for the Spirit of God. 
I'm so thankful that he comes to convict us of sin, righteousness, and judgment to come. I'm so thankful that the seed of Christ has been put inside of me because when he says to go to the left, I'll go to the left. When he says go to the right, I'll go to the right. If he says to go to Tanzania, I'll go to Tanzania. If he says to go to China, I'll go to China. It's not just about sexual sin and not lying and not cheating, not committing adultery. It's about finding the will of God for our life and pursuing it. And saying yes to the commands of God. Saying, yes, I will follow you. Yes, I will go there. Yes, I will give that money. Yes, I will go pursue that. Yes, I will set those captives free. Yes, I will do emotional healing. Yes, I will do this. Yes, I will disciple. Amen. I pray that you leave today trusting in the, the seed that God has placed inside of you. Trusting in the seed that's been placed in your children. Your children are longing to know the word of God, even though they don't like the discipline of it. Your children want the word of God. They want truth. They want to know why. So many times we don't answer the why question. But they want to know why. I wish I would have taken Joel to the scripture. I didn't. He just knew it was wrong. Because the law of God was written on his heart. I, I, but I wish I would have taken him to that word and say, you know, Joel, this isn't about our family. It's not about me being a pastor. It's not about you conforming your, your life to the commands of Eric. It's about you conforming your life to the commands of God. Can't tell you how many times people have told me, well, that's just the way you do it, Eric. That's the way you do your finances. I do it different. That's the way you... Oh, uh, obey God. I, I just do it different. Hogwash. It's the word of God. Right. It's not the way Eric does it. <laughs> we're, all, we're all practicing conforming our lives to the commands of God. We're training ourselves unto godliness. Amen. Just like we read in 1 Timothy 4, 7 and 8. We're in the process of training ourselves for godliness. And I pray to God that more people Join us in this journey of discipleship. I pray more people start feeding their seed. And I just thank God that he's moving on our hearts. And I'm trusting that he's going to deal with your heart on it. Will you obey God in feeding your seed? He's inside of you right now. And he's longing to reveal himself to you more completely. He's longing to take you on a road of obedience and a blast. You know, I share with people, boy, I don't make much money when it comes to being a minister of the gospel. But boy, oh boy, is the retirement plan out of this world. Because I'm going to be with my king forever and ever. And I will walk before my God. And I will give an account on how I lived my life. And how I served you. And how I served him. And we're all in that boat together. Will you feed your seed? Will you feed your seed? Stand up with me. I hope that you're encouraged, but I hope you're also convicted. 
Discipleship is feeding your seed. And God is building an army of disciple makers right here in this house. And as we press into obeying God, He's going to do some amazing things. And He already is. Here's your action plan to feed your seed. If you want to, you can take a picture of it. I am going to pray here shortly. But this is the reading plan that we're on as a church. And we're doing a Hear Journal. And if you're just now catching up, there's a Hear Journal thing out on the Welcome Center. You can grab one today so you can get caught up with us. And you can read Ephesians 1 and 2 and you can begin to feed your seed. We're memorizing Matthew 7, 7 this week. And we're going to discuss in our Hear Journals as a family and with our discipleship group these things that God is showing us. This message today came right out of the Hear Journal, what we did this week. And guys, the Word of God is so precious. It changes your life. And Father, I pray today, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you that you are here right now with us. You are convicting, you are moving, you are shaking all of our hearts. Father, we desire to practice godliness. Father, we desire to train ourselves in godliness. Father, we desire to obey you. Father, we desire to follow you. Yes, is that your heart? Father, we desire to say yes to you. And God, I pray by the power of your Spirit, God, that you would begin to reignite fires in people's hearts for the Word of God. I pray, God, that as you have placed your righteous seed in us, I believe that there is a volcano that is getting ready to erupt in all of our bellies. That, God, you are doing a work inside of us. Just grab your belly. Out of my belly shall flow rivers of living water. Say it. Out of my belly shall flow rivers of living water. Father, I thank you that you're doing a work in us. I thank you, God, that we are a people who will say yes. I thank you, God, that we are a people who will feed the seed that you've placed in us, that righteous seed that comes from Jesus Christ. And I thank you that it will not return void. I thank you, God, that you are convicting us all to holiness. You are convicting us all to obey your commands. And I thank you, God, that there is a righteous group of people here with the seed of Jesus Christ, the very sperma of God that has been planted in us, God. And I thank you that you are energizing that by your spirit. You are breathing over that in all of us. I say, God, erupt and awaken our hearts, God. Draw us closer to you, Father. And God, we just give you the glory, the honor, and the praise that is due your name. So, Father God, I bless the people of God. I say, God, fill them with your spirit. God, help them to have a yes inside their hearts as we feed your seed inside of us this week. I thank you for testimonies. I thank you for healings. I thank you for deliverance. I thank you, God, that what you do, you do, and you never stop doing. And so, God, we thank you for that. Increase our faith. Increase our trust in you, God. And we give you the praise for that in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to have the altar team come up.
yes, we're going to have a dedication here soon. But if I could have the altar team come up on each side. We're going to dismiss service. But I do not want to close this service. If you're here and the Spirit of God is pursuing you and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to have the seed of Jesus Christ placed inside of you today because God is pursuing you and God is coming after you. And if you're here today and you know that's you, you've been away from God, you're, you've turned away from God, or maybe you've backslidden from God, do not leave today. The Spirit of God is calling you, He's drawing you, and the altar team is here to help you today. So as we dismiss the service, if that's you and the Spirit of God is dealing with your heart, we're here to help. We're not here to embarrass. We're here to lead you to the King of glory. We're here to be the part of that righteous seed of Jesus Christ coming inside of you so that you have the capacity to even begin to obey God. And so, Father, we thank you for that, Lord. I ask God right now that you would soften all hearts. Lord, if those who are away from you, God, I pray that you would draw them unto salvation today. And God, we give you the praise for that in Jesus' name. Is there anyone here today? Everybody close your eyes. Is there anybody here? If you would, if God's dealing with your heart right now, God is dealing with you right now. I need to know so I can pray for you. Is there anyone here today? The Spirit of God has been chasing you down and you've been away from the Lord. Is there anyone? If you would, just raise your hand so that I can see you because we want to pray with you today. We want to help you. Anyone? Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus, for dealing with our hearts. Thank you, God, for salvation springing up today in this house. Thank you, Father God. If that was you, I want you to come up with me today, and we're going to pray with you. We're going to dismiss at this point in time. God bless you. Go feed your seed, and may the Spirit of God work and work inside your heart this week as we draw closer to Him. Amen? Amen. If you want to